All right, so we were in Genesis 23, uh, and we had, we had kind of started it last week. We looked at the first four verses. Uh, I want to start out today reading through those again and kind of finishing our discussion off on those verses uh, before we continue forward. Um, but if, before we do that, who remembers what was going on in chapter 22? Anybody? There is a genealogy at the end. Yeah. Um, what else was going on in chapter 22? Yeah, so God tested Abraham um, by asking him to sacrifice his son, his only son, right? Um, and God stayed Abraham's hand, provided a ram that was caught in the thicket as a substitute. Um, and that kind of leads us to here. Yeah, and then, and then we did see the kind of a, a finishing off of the genealogy of Tara, and who who remembers who Tara is? Abraham's brother. Uh, his father. Yeah, yeah, and so yeah, and then it goes through his brother's descendants, right? Abraham's brother's descendants, um, and the the name that's kind of significant in those passages. Anybody remember? Rebecca. Rebecca. Yeah, and so we're introduced to Rebecca for the first time. Um, uh, and then we get to chapter 23. I'm going to read verses 1 through 4 again, and we'll continue our discussion. Uh, Sarah lived 127 years. These were the years of the life of Sarah. And Sarah died at Kiriath Arba, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. And Abraham went in to mourn for Sarah and to weep for her. And Abraham rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I am a sojourner and a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. And so we, we kind of talked about the first two verses last week uh, and the importance of mourning are dead. I don't know if you guys remember that. Um, and it's it's definitely something that uh, we as Christians in particular should know how to do, right? Um, what's interesting about today is we live in a in a time when. Medicine's really good when the average age, average life expectancy is, I don't know what it is now, like 76 for women or 74 for men or something like that. I know it's always higher for women. Um, and I think that's part partly because men are stupider than women. So. <laughs> we, we do dumber things, I'll just put it that way. And sometimes it costs us our lives. <laughs> um, and, but 
we the other thing that goes into all that is we don't see death of the young in in the way that we used to throughout human history whether it's you know uh, you know and I know that it does still occur that there's you know uh, stillborn birds there's um, you know still child illnesses that come about that cause death of children but um, a lot of those diseases you know we, we've found either cures for or um, and we we've kind of mastered how to uh, give birth safely and for both mothers and for the babies. Um, and so we don't see death as often as we would in the past. And, and I mean, that doesn't mean that everybody doesn't die, but it just means everybody dies at a later age, right? And so it, it's almost like as a society, we have shoved death to the side and we don't think about it often um, because I mean honestly if we compare our generation to all of history we we're living a good life right um, yet the one thing we miss I think because of that is what death teaches us and so there's a certain thing that we see here that, that death is teaching Abraham right now and is probably teaching, you know, Isaac um, as well, uh, you know, that it's inevitable, right? Um, and, and that it does require our mourning. And, and so we talked a little bit about that last week. We talked about the importance of mourning, Um but then we also see in verses 3 and 4, you know, Abraham, he, he rose up from before his dead and said to the Hittites, I'm a sojourner and a foreigner among you. Give me property among you for a burying place that I may bury my dead out of my sight. Why does Abraham want to bury his dead out of his sight? Why do you think that is? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> to me, an important part of the of the mourning process is closure. Closure. Yeah. And and when they're out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. I mean, that, to me, that's a at least one way I think to help with with the closure is to not not see them. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Any other thoughts on this? Yeah. Yeah, and so he's looking for a particular piece of land, right, um, that he can claim um, to be a burial spot for Sarah. Uh, and 
you know, it's, I mean, we've all mourned the deaths of loved ones at some point in our life. Um, and there's, this is what we do even today. We have burial plots, we have cemeteries, um, we, uh, you know, some people will spread the ashes at a certain place. Um, but if we, and not, not everybody, there's some people that will keep ashes in their home, right? Um, they'll keep it on the mantle. Or, um, yeah. But for the most part, we, we separate ourselves from it. We, we have a time of mourning, a, a period of grieving, um, and then we separate ourselves from it. And, you know, part, part of it is what you said, closure. We need closure. Um, but why do we need closure? Life goes on. What were you going to say, Andrew? I just I have a question for Nathan. Yeah. I know that throughout the Bible, God makes it clear you don't deal in uh, the business of the dead for the most part. Like mm-hmm. if, uh, once life is over. Um, so does it have, because I don't know, um, but does it have anything to do with, with anything like looking forward to God's um, giving of the law and, and, and uh, what he's going to instruct the, the, the Jewish people to not take part in. Um, you mean like necromancy? No, no, no. Just or... like, um, like, like dealing with the dead is kind of a dirty business type of thing. You're mm-hmm. always unclean, so I didn't okay. Know if that is why he's putting your yeah, away. The, there may be something to that, okay. um, as far as cleanliness and purity. I was trying to figure out where you were going, but I haven't figured. I don't know. Well, I'm I'm just I'm just kind of reading this, and these are the kind of the questions that come to my mind. Um, okay. And at yeah, the other end of the spectrum, like there's a lot of old churches that have cemeteries out, mm-hmm. so that's anything but like putting the burial site far away. You're, it's like a concert and so I didn't yeah know. yeah, but it's not in someone's home. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, and there, there's there's reasonings behind uh, burial places at churches as well, um, because it's one it is a good reminder to us of what our hope is in Christ, um, that the dead will be raised, um, and so all these saints of the past who have died, we walk by them on our way to worship God, and uh, we know that one day. We will worship with them uh, when the dead will be raised. Um, I think it's interesting <clears throat> Jesus uses death also, like in Matthew 8, 21 and 22. Mm-hmm. So thinking explicitly about, and another one of the disciples came to him, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me, leave the dead to bury their own dead. Yeah. I guess that image is in my head at the same time as trying to think about Abraham in, in Genesis as well. They, they seem like they're aren't quite the same, but maybe they're aligned enough to... Yeah, uh, I'd have to look into the Matthew passage a little closer to see exactly what Jesus is getting at there. Um, I'm trying to remember. I think my understanding of that was his father wasn't dead yet. I think you're right. I think his Um, father wasn't dead yet, and he wanted to hang around to see his father until he died, and then take care of that. Yeah. 
Um, but yeah, it, it is, there is something about moving forward in life though, right? And it's, it's difficult for us when someone really close to us dies, it's hard for us to let go and to, to move forward. Um, and, but I think that's what God calls us to do. Um, and, and this is what we see Abraham doing. I, in my opinion, I think he, he wants this so that he can move forward with his life. Uh, not that he doesn't love Sarah, he does. Um, but he, he understands that um, he, doesn't, well, he doesn't know how many more years he has unless God told him, but, um, but he's got to move forward. Um, he's got to continue on. Um, and that can be a challenge for us, you know. Um, a, a lot of times we want to cling on to the past. We want to cling on to uh, the loved ones that we've lost. And, and sometimes we can do so in unhealthy ways uh, where it, that suddenly becomes our whole life. If that makes sense. Especially you lose a son at a young age, that's, that's not easy. Yeah, what, what, the, what the Bible describes is that, you know, when the body dies, our soul, if we're in Christ, goes to be with Jesus, right? Um, and, and so that's the, the essence of who we are is there. Uh, now, when Christ returns, our bodies will be raised um, and renewed, right? Uh, and so we will have glorified bodies, uh, and our soul will rejoin the body, if that makes sense. Um, okay. And so our... The body or a body? Well, I mean... Cremated, for example. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's just it. God, will it be the same exact atoms? I don't know, you know? Um, <laughs> it's... When you think about it, um, I think scientists have done a study that uh, the human body, you know, because we're always intaking and outtaking, right? Um, that our our atoms, like we, we totally shift over to to new atoms, like every seven years or something like that. Um, I don't know how accurate that is, but. Uh, <clears throat> but in creation, God yeah. Out of dust yeah. Yeah. I mean, he can do it. You know what? What about? You know, what about a Christian that's lost at sea, you know, drowns and then is eaten by sharks, you know? How does that person get resurrected? 
I do not show limitations on God. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, I don't know how it's going to look. God can do anything. God can do anything. Uh, the reason we um, in the church typically will bury a body is because it speaks to our hope, right, of the resurrection. Um, you know, I, I don't know about, like, embalming fluid and all that stuff, you know. You know, part of that is so that we can have a, a viewing, um, and part of that is for the people who are viewing and so you don't want a decaying body that smells. Um, and, and that's just the reality of it, right? Um, but the way the, the Hebrews did it was they had uh, burial tombs in caves, and they would usually have a flat bed where they would lay the body, and they would let the body sit there for months, and then they would go in later, and after all the flesh has decayed away, they would take the bones and put the bones in an ossuary box. Um, and then they had little shelves in the caves where they would, okay, this is where Uncle Joe is, you know? And Aunt Sally's right next to him in her little box. Um, and so it would be like a family tomb. Uh, and the whole family would get buried there. But they'd all use that flat bed to for a period um, so they could decay away all the flesh and then collect the bones. Um, and so when we think about the burial of Christ, that's kind of what's going on there. He was buried. They had the burial cloths over him. Um, the, the spices and stuff would help with the smell. Um, yeah. But, and and so this is what we're looking at with Abraham. He wants he wants a place to bury his dead. Um, that's what he's he's doing. And he he goes to the Hittites because um, he's a sojourner in their land, uh, and he he's asking them for a plot of land. Uh, let's let's read a little further, starting in verse five. The Hiss, the Hittites answered Abraham. Hear us, my Lord, you are a prince of God among us. Bury your dead in the choicest of our tombs. None of us will withhold from you his tomb to hinder you from burying your dead. And, and so here we, we see kind of a, a generous offer from the Hittites to Abraham, right? What, what do they call Abraham? A prince of God, what do they mean by that? He knows God. He knows God? A son of God? What's that? Like a son of God, a prince would be a son of a king. Son of a king, yep. Um, and by the way, out of my sight, mm-hmm. you know, just like you said, they put him in a place where he wouldn't have to view the excarte. Whatever it is. That's a fancy word that didn't mm-hmm. decay. Yeah. And the flies and the birds and whatever. Yeah. He didn't want to see that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so they call him a prince of God. And and if you remember, um, you know, the, 
they, they have recognized that God is with Abraham, right? They, they've seen the blessing upon his life, um, how, how God has uh, been with him through thick and thin, it seems like. Uh, and so they, they recognize who, who this man is just by his life and how God has been with him. Um, and, and they're willing to, you know, give up, you know, pick out a plot of land that has a tomb on it and, you know, it's, it's yours, right? Um, let's see how Abraham responds. Verse 7, Abraham rose and bowed to the Hittites, the people of the land, and he said to them, if you are willing that I should bury my dad out of my sight, hear me and entreat me for Ephron, the son of Zohar, that he may give me the cave of Machpelah, which he owns. It is at the end of his field. For the full price, let him give it to me in the presence as property for a burying place. And so he has a, Abraham has a certain plot of land in mind, this uh, plot of land owned by uh, uh, Ephron, the son of Zohar, right? He, he wants the cave of Machpelah, whatever that is, right? Um, and so he knows what he wants. He knows the, the, the cave that he wants. Um, and what does he want to do? Yeah, he doesn't want to have it give it to him, you know, let me pay full price. Why do you think he wants this? And why not just take up, take them up on their offer of a free plot of land? And there was another place in Scripture where he said, lest you should say that they, you made me rich. Mm-hmm. He had the means. He had the means. He definitely had the means. Um, it could be a way to honor her. Um, think, think of the covenant. Remember the covenant? What, what did God promise Abraham? A land and a, and a son, right? Um, and that all the earth shall be blessed through his offspring. Um, and so part of the covenant is possessing the land. What... I think Abraham is worried about is I'll bury my wife in this tomb. I'm not going to have a real legitimate claim to this land. Right. And so he wants, I'm going to pay full price, you know, let it be full price. Um, and so that's what he's thinking, even though they're, you know, you can bury, bury, bury your wife anywhere, you know, pick your spot. You know, we like you. Um, and so this, this is what he wants to do. Um, now what's interesting, if, if, let's read a little further. We get, we'll have Ephron uh, start speaking. He says, now Ephron was sitting among the Hittites, and Ephron the Hittite answered Abraham in the hearing of the Hittites, and all who went in at the gate of the city, No, my Lord, hear me. I give you the field, and I give you the cave that is in it, in the sight of the sons of my people, I give it to you. Bury your dead. And so he's like, no, have it, right? I want to give it to you. Um, 
Verse 12, then Abraham bowed down before the people of the land and said to Ephron, in the hearing of the people of the land, but if you will hear, but, but if you will hear me, I give the price of the field, accept it from me that I may bury my dead there. And so Abraham's insisting, no, let me pay for it. And so you, you kind of, you have this back and forth. And Ephron, he's, he's like, no, I, I give it to you, you know, just take it. Um, and Abraham's, no, 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 no. Like, tell, tell me the price. Um, verse 14, Ephron answered Abraham, my Lord, listen to me. A piece of land worth 400 shekels of silver. What is that between you and me? Bury your dead. And so he, he's listed a price, right? 400 shekels of silver. Um, and uh, and we'll, we'll get back to that in a second. Uh, but he's listed a price, but he's like, no, you don't even need to pay it. What's that between, between us? We're, we're great friends. You know, just take the land. Um, and then in verse 16, Abraham listened to Ephraim, and Abraham weighed out for Ephraim the silver that he had named in the hearing of the Hittites, 400 shekels of silver, according to the weights current among the merchants. And so Abraham's like counting out 400 shekels of silver. Here you go. Um, so what is all this about? What is this back and forth? What do you, what do you guys think? seems like they didn't want him to have ownership over it. Probably, it was, it was a, a polite way of a, no, really, we bury her, but you don't get the land, you don't get the tomb. That's pretty much what's going on, yeah. Um, they, they, they don't want to really let go of the land, because land, even though there's the caves in the back that are useful for tombs, land's useful for other things as well, you know. Um, now, remember earlier, he... Abraham dealt with these same people with a, with a well that he had dug, right? And he ended up purchasing that from them in the, front, in the sight of everyone. I don't know if you noticed this. They, they keep repeating, repeating in the sight of the people, right? In the sight of everyone. Um, and so it's, it's kind of saying, no, this is legally happening, right? Um, and then... Turn, if you will, to Jeremiah 32. Um, if I can get there. So in Jeremiah 32, uh, there's just a little reference here. Uh, verse 9, it says, And I bought the field at Anathoth from Hanamel, my cousin, and weighed out the money to him, 17 shekels of silver. And so here we have this other purchase of land that we see in Scripture. And how much is the purchase of this land? A lot less, right? 17 shekels of silver. Um, how much was Abraham paying? 400. Now, we don't know the size of each piece of land or 
maybe the, you know everything's about location, 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 right? Um, and so maybe this was actually worth 400 shekels of silver. Uh, but my guess is Ephron listed a ridiculous price trying to convince Abraham, don't purchase my land. It's like, no, what's 400 shekels of silver between us? That's a, that's a ton of money, right? It's a lot of money. Um, and yet Abraham paid it, right? Why is it so important for him to pay this? What's that? To possess the land and the tomb. To possess the land and the tomb, yeah. He, he doesn't want arguments in the future of whose land it is. He's like, if I'm going to bury my dead there, I'm going to own the land. It's almost showing an obedience to God that he understands that it's his birthright, or that he has mm-hmm. given it to him, so it's like, not just this got to be mine, God promised it to me. Yeah. Yeah, and, and what this also is, is it is a, a furthering of the covenant, right? And what did we just see the chapter before? You guys remember? What's that? Well, I mean, yeah, no. Um, the chapter before when Abraham brought Isaac up the mountain. Um, and what did God say to him after... Um, he he tested Abraham, and Abraham passed the test. You guys remember? Yeah, he he reaffirmed the covenant with him, right? And now we see a furthering of that covenant, and Abraham is now possessing even more land within the promised land. Does that make sense? Um, and, and so we see. God is using different means to bring about his promises um, that they come to fulfillment. And and so this is what we see here in our chapter. Um, Read a little further, verse 17. So the field of Ephron and Machpelah, which was to the east of Mamre, the field with the cave that was in it, and all the trees that were in the field throughout it, its whole area was made over to Abraham as a possession in the presence of the Hittites before all who went in at the gate of his, of his city. And so we see there are witnesses, there was money exchanged, and it is legally binding now. This is Abraham's land. It is no longer Ephron's land. Um, and in verse 19... After this, Abraham buried Sarah, his wife, in the cave of the field of Machpelah, east of Mamre, that is Hebron, in the land of Canaan. The field and the cave that is in it were made over to Abraham as property for a burying place by the Hittites. Um, And so we see this was legally done, uh, and Abraham's possession of the land is growing. Does that make sense to you guys? Yeah. Pardon my ignorance, but um, does this mean that there might be is there a problem that happens later on when they're fighting over this or uh, this land again 
Well, I mean, they're, they fight over this land for... They're, they're still fighting over this land. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I, not necessarily in Abraham's lifetime. Um, yeah, but, you know, we're going to see throughout Scripture the, the Israelites leave the Promised Land, go to Egypt, spend 400 years in Egypt, have to come back, and they have to retake the land that honestly was theirs. Yeah. Um, but not in Abraham's lifetime. Yeah. I, I don't think so. Yeah. Earlier in the chapter, I found a note that was referencing back into Acts 7, where mm-hmm. Stephen was talking about, like, I guess, this similar kind of a thing, but then in, in Acts 7, Simon said, yeah, he gave no inheritance in it, not even a foot's length, but promised to give it to him in possession to the offspring after him, though he had no child. So thinking through, mm-hmm. Stephen was talking about God's faithfulness and Abraham's obedience yeah. to be able to see this promise come to fruition. Yeah. So I think it, we kind of seen that similar reference in the New Testament as well, too, from at least from Stephen professing that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so... Yeah, when, when God made the, these promises to Abraham, Abraham didn't have, have anything. Um, and yet he believed God. Yeah. Any, any thoughts or questions on, on this chapter? I guess one last note I'll, I'll leave with you guys is there, there is importance in land, right? Um, and, and the importance is that God provides for us a home. Um, and I, I would say that importance is still true today. Uh, we... Uh, we, we tend to think of, you know, the, the church is the body of Christ, right? Uh, the people of God. And so it's not a building. Um, what we'll call a building a church, but the, the church technically is the people of God. Um, and yet they're, they're people of promise. And the promise that we have is that Christ shall reign over all the earth, right? And so what we can look forward to is that when Christ returns, there will be a new heavens and a new earth, um, and that will be our new home. Does that make sense? Um, And so just like Abraham, uh, we too kind of look forward to the promise of a new home. And I think that's something that we could, we can rejoice in. All right, well, let's, let's pray. Let's bow our heads and let's pray. Uh, Father, we do thank you for your word. We thank you for uh, Abraham's faithfulness and uh, even his desire to uh, possess the land rightly. 
And Lord, we just thank you just that your promises are true. Uh, your promises are firm. Uh, and that the promises that we have today uh, are just as valid as the promises you gave back then to Abraham. And so we too look forward to uh, the home that you are preparing for us. Um, and we praise you because of that. We lift these things up in your son's name. Amen.